Hey guys, this is Billy Hansen, and welcome to the Lynchburg Neighborhood Podcast. This is a podcast about the Lynchburg area, its people, and its history. I found that the more I get to know my neighbors, really get to know their stories, and the more I understand the history and the backstory and how things work here in Lynchburg, the more connected I feel to this place, and the richer my life becomes. So join me in exploring the Lynchburg neighborhood. Today is February 16th, 2021, and it is great to be alive and living in Lynchburg, Virginia. Up here on Mimosa Hill, it's been very, very cold. We got hit with an ice storm a couple of days ago and another ice storm projected for later this week. A lot of people have been without power. It's just been cold and dark and frozen, and we've had sickness going around the house. And uh, my wife, Catherine, said to me, I'm just so ready for spring, for longer days, for more light, for warmth, for flowers to grow, and I think everyone in our house is ready for that. But we still want to make good use of this season, so we've been working on a lot of different projects. And one really cool thing that I got to do last month was sit down with Shelley Blades, Executive Director of Lynchburg Grows, a nonprofit urban farm right here in the city of Lynchburg. I had such a fun time sitting and talking with her in one of their greenhouses, and I hope you enjoy listening in on the conversation that we had. Oh, yeah. uh, my name is Shelly Blades, and I am the executive director and farm manager at Lynchburg Gross. Where are we right now? We are in um, our biggest greenhouse. This is uh, greenhouse one and two. So it's two greenhouses, but they um, it looks like one because there's nothing to separate them. Um, This greenhouse was built in the 80s. It has like a kind of like a poly outer layer and um, tempered glass for the roof. This is our main producing greenhouse currently. And what was it built for? So originally um, this property was a cut flower farm started by the Doyle family. And um, from 1920 to like 19, mid 1950s, mm-hmm. um, they just did cut flowers here. And then um, the Schinkel family bought the property and they turned this into um, you know, a rose farm. So yeah, this was, so all of the greenhouses were originally from the 20s. Um, wow. there, were, there was one here, you can still see the foundation um, over there that was from the 20s, but they tore that down because, you know, it was old, um, and put this one up, which is more efficient. It has uh, the swamp cooler here, so it looks like corrugated cardboard, and there's two main um, like water troughs, and the water is uh, pulled up, and then it trickles down this cardboard, and the fans on the other side of the greenhouse pull that moisture, and it's supposed to cool it down yeah. and provide a little bit of humidity. So that really helped with the roses, I guess. Um, and then in the like late 90s, um, they, they closed because um, Columbia, I guess, or South America, was growing roses uh, for much cheaper. So then that's when Lynchburg Rose came in. Yeah. Do you still have any roses here? We do. Um, yeah. So all of our greenhouses now are updated. We only have one that's still from the 20s, um, and that one is dedicated to the roses. So. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, those roses were probably planted in the 80s. 
Um, so yeah. they are nowhere near as beautiful as the ones at the Old City Cemetery, but you know, yeah. we do our best. Um, they're really cool. There's one, um, I forget the name of it, but Mr. Schinkel, the man who owned this farm, he, um, you know, um, had his own variety of rows and there's yeah. still one in there, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. So you've got some roses left over from mm -hmm. the original uh, Rose Farm, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, uh, what are you guys growing? Um, so we grow all produce, um, except for that one Rose Greenhouse. Yeah. Um, so right now um, we have cabbage and beets and broccoli and kale and carrots, um, some celery, yeah. collards. Yeah. Tell me about radishes. Um, radishes are adorable yeah. and <laughs> they are ready um, from seed to harvest in like 20 days. So they're yeah. great. And they are probably my favorite vegetable. I love them so much just with butter and salt and toast. And yeah. I could eat them every day. I mean, cause the radish is not the most popular vegetable but it's your favorite. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's so cute. It is cute. But you can't let them get too big or they don't. I think they're. That's true. That's they, true. But then there are some varieties that you do want. That's true. Big. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. You, got, you just got to know. You got to know your varieties. So how do you eat them? Um, well, my favorite way is to slice them very thin. Okay. And get like a really nice piece of sourdough. Yeah. Toast that. Put some really delicious salted butter. Yeah. Then put your radishes on top. And then some flaky salt on top of that. It's like, that would probably be on my list of like things to eat on my last meal. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense mixing in with the sourdough because like if you just take a bite of one, they're pretty They can be a little spicy. Strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I kind of mix it, because I've mixed them into salads before and they're good, but I've never thought about putting them on. Oh yeah. Like, it sounds like a French bread pizza, really. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, like a little butter pizza. <laughs> right. Um, if you get the, like, the French breakfast, which are the long ones that are pink on the top and yeah. then um, red on the bottom, I like to just roll those in butter and yeah. eat those straight, which is not very healthy. Okay, so you do have a little patch of radishes somewhere. Here. Always, yes. Always. Yeah, okay. we put those um, kind of running down the middle of a lot of beds. So if we have... Um, mm. So we have a bed of collards, and right down the middle, we'll do a row of radishes because they're so quick. Yeah. Um, and then we can put them in another bed, and we can always, you know, have them rotating. So, tell me about Lynchburg Grows and how it's different than like a another farm or another small kind of produce operation. Yeah. So we're a nonprofit. So okay. we have a mission, um, and our mission is to provide access to healthy food to the community, yeah. and also, um, you know, provide purposeful jobs to individuals with disabilities. Yeah. Um, so currently we have um, eight employees that have intellectual and physical disabilities. Um, they are our farmers. They do so much work. Um, you know, they haven't been here in 2020, which is kind of hard uh -huh. um, because, you know, COVID obviously. Yeah. And then, you know, they, um, um, you know, are a vulnerable population. Yeah. So we wanted to keep them safe and we've really missed them. You know, I I feel like maybe people look at that portion of our mission and yeah. just say, oh, well, that's nice, you know, yeah. but it's like they really provide um, or they really just, they do so much, you know, yeah. 
they do the harvesting, they do the processing, the bunching. So everything that we grow is um, grown, harvested, processed, and then sent out into the community by them. Yeah. Um, so we've had to pick up the slack this year. Yeah. Uh, that's been hard and we really miss them. Um, I'm sure they're missing this place yeah, too, right? Yeah, yeah, they are, they are. We, you know, we keep in touch with them, but yeah. Um, yeah, and then so everything that we grow and produce here um, goes back into the community. Most of it goes into our CSA program, okay. which is, um, we tried calling it Veggie Box, which is what we actually, we do call it Veggie Box. Um, yeah. And it's supposed to like eliminate the confusion of what a CSA is, but it's still confusing. Yeah. Um, so it's really just an investment in the farm at the beginning of the season. So you pay, you know, whatever our CSA price is, and then your return on that investment is produce throughout the season. Yeah. So our season is a little bit longer um, than most farms around here, just because we um, you know, have these greenhouses and we're able to extend our season a little bit. So yeah. ours goes from this year, it'll be um, the beginning of April through the end of November. Um, and last year we had 150 CSA members. This wow. year we're shooting for um, 175. So um, that's where most of the produce goes. We also um, give the produce to the um, community through uh, Daily Bread, Salvation Army, Miller Home, Miriam's yeah. House, um, you know, places that can use it um, and, you know, underserved populations. Yeah. So I imagine you have donations and a donor base. And, but then you also have a business component, like a revenue component. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're doing both of those things. Right, right, okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've got people that work here, mm -hmm. work at the farm. And I know around our garden, there's certain tasks that I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And then I've found there's certain tasks that maybe I should not yeah, do. Yeah, totally. And it seems like the things I'm good at are like wheelbarrowing junk down the <laughs> hill or like digging or like putting up a fence or yeah. irrigation, but not anything like clipping flowers. Uh -huh. How do you help someone who's started here like find that thing that they love to do? How do you do that? You know, it's kind of just jump in yeah. and see what's working, what's not working, um, especially with our um, farmers with disabilities. You know, we try to get them to, you know, sort of test everything out. Like, let's see what it's like for you to harvest. Let's see what it's like to plant. You know, um, some people are really good with tiny seeds and putting those in the ground and some people aren't and yeah. that's okay. Um, and then we just kind of move in a different direction. You know, it's like any job, just resetting your goals, you know. Um, and then also we want people to enjoy it too. Yeah. You know, if, if you're just wheelbarrowing compost all day that yeah. that gets a little old I would not want to do that so right. we try to you know mix it up there's like things that I'm not good at too like on the farm like I cannot grow certain things yeah um, I just can't do it um, kohlrabi it was a thing that I just had like a black thumb when it came to growing yeah. kohlrabi but our assistant farm manager Laura is like so good at it yeah and so it's like this is your thing well what are, what are your favorite things to do oh my goodness my favorite things to do um, I really, this is like a new thing. I really love prepping beds okay. for planting. So adding compost, yeah. um, making sure that irrigation's working, tilling the bed if it needs to be tilled, um, smoothing out the soil, making sure that, you know, it's just a healthy bed. I, I think it's because I understand soil a little better and, you know, it just makes me feel better that like I know that the bed's gonna be healthy for whatever's going in there. Mm. Um, 
I really like doing that. I like planting, like transplanting. So we'll start like cabbages and kale and certain things um, in the grow room and then we'll transplant them into the beds. And I really like that, the satisfaction yeah. of just seeing this healthy empty bed and then you look back and there's, you know, 150 cabbage plants that yeah. are gonna grow and feed 150 people yeah. uh, or 150 families. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I imagine being here, you are really um, kind of hooked into the rhythms of seasons, right? More so than like your job really, what your job looks like kind of changes. Yeah, like, What yeah. you guys are doing. Uh, is there a certain time of year that you just love or you? I love summer. It? I really? love summer. I mean, it gets so hot in this greenhouse. I bet. Um, like right now, it's whatever it is outside, 40. Yeah. And in here, it's probably 55. It's warm. 60? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in the summer when it's 90 out, you know, it's, you know, 110 in here. Um, and I just love that. My body like thrives. Yeah. So you just like the heat. That's I what love you like. it. Yeah. I love the heat. Um, yeah. I, I love summer, uh, not only because of the heat, but also because there's tomatoes and yeah. there's beans and all these really yummy vegetables um, that people tend to like more than they do the winter winter crops. Yeah. Um, and there's always something to do. No, that's cool. All right, so how did you get here? Yeah, so um, serendipitous, I guess. Mm. Um, like a long, 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 long time ago, I volunteered here because my friend Aaron Lee was the farm manager and he was like, just come volunteer. And I had no idea what I was doing. So he would just say, sift this compost or pull this. So I knew what Lynchburg Rose was. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to um, New York and I started teaching for um, a charter school in Harlem called Harlem Children's Zone. And I was their garden coordinator. Um, so I wrote curriculum for their rooftop gardens and garden program and did all of the gardening there. And so I really liked that, um, but I didn't like living in Manhattan. Yeah. So um, I moved back and I was teaching nutrition for um, Virginia Cooperative Extension, mm. which is a really great program and um, I really support it. It was just not a good fit for me. Yeah. Um, and I was on a board with the current, or the at the time, um, executive director, John Matheson, and I overheard him telling someone that the farm manager was leaving. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. And I just thought that, you know, someone in the organization would be moving up to that. And, and I didn't really want to be in charge of anything. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I'd like to be a grower. Yeah. And I was hired uh, like a couple days later as farm manager. Um, and then the following year as executive director. Yeah. So. That's how I got here. And here you are. Here I am yeah. in charge of something. <laughs> so I look around, it's like, this place is amazing, right? There's so much growing, this, all this infrastructure. Um, like I'm just sort of blown away. You're in it, you're the director. What are you sort of dreaming about for Lynchburg Gross? Like what's next steps that you're excited about or want to chase after? Um, oh, that's such a good question. Um, you know there's so many directions to go all the time. Um, we recently just put in two or four, technically four new greenhouses, mm -hmm. hoop houses. Um, they're much different than the one we're sitting in. Um, 
this is an actual like greenhouse. The sides don't move. Um, you know, there's vents in the top, but that's about it. The hoop houses we just installed, will um, the sides come up. So mm. it allows us to have different varieties, grow some heirloom stuff. It'll just, um, we'll be able to expand our, our growing potential. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, eventually we want to start growing outside. So I'm excited about yeah. that. Um, right now we just grow all, you know, under glass or plastic of the new greenhouses. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, you know, it's like a quarter of our, you know, community, they don't know where their next healthy meal is going to come mm. from. And so that's something that, you know, we're really trying to focus on, you know, I don't, access I'm not sure if it's access or you know I don't, I don't know what it is you know why people can't get that is it is it access is it lack of you know knowing what to do with produce um, so that's something that you know our team is really focusing on um, in the upcoming years is you know how do, how do we help um, fix this um, broken unjust system mm -hmm. you know um, and so we're really concentrating on education um, trying to expand that area um, or that you know portion of our, our mission um, and then growing enough food to you know just give to everyone yeah. you know and also sustain our CSA yeah it's interesting like it is a problem that keeps sort of popping up is access to healthy foods like I think we had John Abel on and oh, he was yeah, talking yeah. about food deserts and he was talking about the corner store really being where you could get a lot of food sort of in Lynchburg um, what is your relationship? So you've got the city of Lynchburg, and I'm sure you've got people. Like, what about like right here within like walking distance of the farm? Yeah. Like, what's it like? What's this neighborhood like? What's it like to be part of this? Um, so I have never. I I live on the farm's property. Really? Yeah. yeah Are you yeah. in this house right yeah, here? Yeah, I'm in the white little. Farm I was like, house. I wonder if that's part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's my a house. cool perk. Oh, it's great. It's yeah. great. Um, it's great 90% of the time. Right. Yeah. And then, then you can't get away from work. And then work I can't the get other. away from work. Yeah. Um, which most of the time I don't want to. I really enjoy um, just being able to walk around and check on things. Yeah. Um, so I had never lived in this Fort Hill area. Yeah. And I had never had any desire to. It just was like, you know, what is this midtown area? You know, there's yeah. what's around here. Um, so I was a little hesitant to move here. But then when I did, I just like fell in love with this little community. Mm. Um, it's just a little blue collar community, you know, um, everyone's super friendly. It's interesting, no one that lives like on the street where, you know, we are um, is part of the CSA or comes to our store or anything. And, you know, we're not really sure why. Um, something that we want to do um, with this, you know, sort of outreach and education is start, you know, trying to get our very local community involved. So, you know, people within a mile of us, you yeah. know, even if that means like giving them a bag of produce or, you know, yeah. which we do to, you know, with our neighbors, um, you know, we do have some people that will come and like, I don't know, there's a, our, one of our neighbors cuts some branches from the pine trees right here. Mm. Um, so we don't hit our cars and, yeah. you know, we give him produce. Um, but it's a great little neighborhood. That's cool. All right. So we have a garden mm -hmm. and we have chickens. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking we need another animal at our house. <laughs> and I've been pr pushing this. Uh -huh. And it's not getting anywhere. No. And I've been making the case for a pig. Oh, okay. And so I, I, I think you have some experience with pigs, if I'm right. If, I, if my research is correct, you may have grown up on a pig farm. I, I did grow up on, on a hog farm. So could you maybe give us 
give me some pros and cons as I think about this pig. You know, um, I don't. I don't have. I don't. I don't really know. Um, yeah. I don't know anything about pig farming. Really? I don't. Mm -mm. Uh, it was my grandfather who ran this farm, yeah. and he, um, when he passed away, I was, you know, in elementary school, so oh. I don't, I don't remember a ton about it. Um, it. I, I do know that it smelled terrible. Right. Oh my gosh. I mean, that we're talking like there was. I think he had five Farren houses, so yeah. there was, there was a lot of, a lot of pig poop. Yeah. Um, so that, that was, that's a con. A pro is we always have barbecue. Yes. Which yeah. is great. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've I've wanted a pig for a while. Really? Mm -hmm. um, one of the farms. So when I lived in New York, I would go upstate yeah. occasionally and and help um, on the smaller farm. And they had pigs, and they were so cute. Yeah. And I was like, I want one of those. But I, I don't really know anything about them. Can yeah. you have one in the city? I, I'm. I think you can only have so many livestock on so yeah. many parcels or whatever. Yeah. But you guys could totally have a pig. You guys used to have goats? We you did. We had, it? no, we had a goat and a duck. Yes, um, I remember them. I know, it was a little Romeo Juliet situation. That's right. Whew, they, uh, they died together. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it was very weird and very traumatic for our staff. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten another one, not going oh, back no, down no, that no, road. no, 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 That's, uh, they were here. I don't know their origin story. Yeah. They predated me. Um, they didn't really serve a purpose yeah. for us, and so I felt a little guilty having having them here. Yeah. Um, no, that's you know. I am not so much. I mean, we have a few chickens, and that's yeah. great. But you know, I don't. I don't speak the language of animal. I right. don't know. That's hard. That's a yeah. whole different type of farming. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I'm still learning how to. You know farm produce so yeah. you know I don't know maybe one day but maybe. yeah so um pigs are cute though they are cute they're so cute the problem is I don't think you'd be able to turn them into barbecue why not like if you had them around the house you're gonna do the same thing you, that happened with the goat and the duck <sighs> they're gonna be pets right I guess it depends on like how you go into it right yeah it does yeah yeah all right, so you told if you us. Don't name it. <laughs> yeah. We, so you told us about this neighborhood now. Tell me about your neighborhood growing up when you were a kid. So you don't, you didn't work on the pig farm, but what, what was your neighborhood like? Um, it wasn't really a neighborhood. So I grew up in um, eastern North Carolina, okay. southeastern North Carolina. So in the Sand Hills. Yeah. I don't okay. know if you know anything about that. So um, it's really beautiful, in my opinion. But I think a lot of people think that where they grew up is beautiful, yeah. um, even if it's not. Yeah. Um, I lived on a street and there was maybe, I don't know, there not a ton of houses. Yeah. Um, and it was just a middle class street. Um, everyone lived on, most of the people lived on one side of the street, which is kind of funny. And yeah. then there was like a big field across the street where they used to farm. Yeah. Um, there was cotton there at one point, I think. And um, one year, this is so cool. I like, this is, will forever be in my memory. One year, the entire field was full of sunflowers. Oh. I don't know if they like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. It was only one year, it was like magical. It is magical. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the neighbor, the, the farm where, um, kind of the same setup. So it was my grandparents' house and then our house right beside each other. Okay. 
and then across the street was the pig farm. Yeah. So um, the house that my grandparents lived in, very similar situation to me, was yeah. owned by the farm. So they lived there um, because he was the farm manager of, okay. of that. So. so he was the farm manager? Yep, so it was owned kind of like a chicken farming, you know, it's all owned by Purdue or, right. you or know, Tyson, Tyson or, yeah. or whatever. Um, and so this was owned at the time by Murphy Brown. Okay. Um, and now it's owned by like Smithfields or something. Yeah. Yeah. What were your grandparents like? Um, they were great. My, they're from South Carolina, yeah. so, you know, very Southern. Um, my grandfather was um, very talented. He was a man that could like do anything, which yeah. was very cool. Um, he was a farmer. He built the house where he and my grandmother eventually moved to, um, mm. like by himself. And not just like, let me call, I don't know, Lowe's and get this lumber. Yeah. He like cut the trees, planed them, did all that and yeah. designed all these really cool things. Um, and then my grandmother was very nice, yeah. very sweet. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Did you uh, do you do you think of it when you're doing these projects here? Like, like, are you that type of person, like, who loves to like make a project come together? Oh, I love a project. I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think about my grandfather a lot. Um, there is a fellow that um, volunteers here a lot with the St. John's Greenhouse. Yeah. Um, Roger Falber, BIP. A lot yeah. of people know, and he just um, he kind of fills that role a little bit. Oh. Um, he, I think, is very similar to my grandfather in certain ways. Yeah. Um, just, you know, driven and um, excited about a project. So it's been really nice working with him on projects. Um, there's been a lot of improvements uh, around the farm and in the greenhouses that um, he and I have worked on together and, yeah. you know, some other people in their greenhouse, like William Davis as well, has helped with that. And so yeah. that's just been really nice. Yeah. Yeah, you really need around a farm. You need people that can get it done like just oh, like yeah uh we have a couple uh <laughs> scott and krista that come um three times a week krista works on the roses um yeah. most of the time and so that all the roses are amazing and beautiful because of her yeah. and then scott and bobby babcock have yeah. um done all the electrical wiring for the new greenhouses so i mean we are very uh, fortunate to have so many talented people that have just kind of shown up here and wanted to help us and you yeah. know they want to see things improve and that's really nice yeah that's got to energize you guys oh my gosh right yeah. yeah yeah when you're just like having a bad day and you see these people that have sacrificed their time to come and help because not only do they care about lynchburg grows but i think that it also shows they care about their community and improving the community and you know this is a way in which they can do that and yeah. give it back yeah so tell me were your parents in the in the same business, same line of business? Nope, my dad um, retired, He's a, he was an athletic director, yeah. and my mom worked for um, the, the city. Um, she was in the light and water department. Yeah. And she um, did not farm, but she always had a beautiful garden. Yeah. Um, where I grew up, gardenias grow, yeah. like, I don't, like crazy, like weeds. Um, and so the house where I grew up is just the yard is just covered in gardenias, which is really nice. And it's like my favorite flower. It yeah. smells so beautiful. They do not grow here, which is so frustrating. Yeah. I, I haven't been able to get them to grow. There is a uh, house, Riverside off Pershing. Mm. Pershing is that a street yeah, around here? Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go and then you like turn this corner and they have like five gardenia bushes and I don't know how they do it. 
Yeah. But when the gardenias are blooming, I always make sure to either ride my bike or take a walk over there so I can smell them. Oh. Yeah. Um, is that where you got your, like, where did, where does your love of gardening and farming come from? Like, That's was it that garden? Was it? I didn't, like, really grow up doing it. Yeah. Like, my parents made me work in the yard like every parent does, right, you know? Right. But, like, I, I, I never really liked it. Yeah. I liked being outside, but... Um, you know, I don't know. So after I graduated and then, you know, had a house and started my own garden just because I was like, this will be a fun thing to do. Um, you know, I, I fell in love with it and I'm not sure why. I don't know where it comes yeah. from or maybe just being familiar with it, being around it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't so scary or intimidating. Yeah. Um, or maybe I'm just like overly confident. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think... But I think anytime you just get some exposure to actually growing, totally. that it just kind of blows your mind and you're like, yeah, this is actually one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, like there was dirt and a seed and now there's like, I'm yeah. eating from this. Because yeah. the natural process is amazing. Like it just it's so cool. blows me away. Every time something comes up, I'm like, you were nothing. I saw you, you were right. like nothing. And now you're this beautiful plant. And I'm not sure there's anything more amazing. Yeah, I think like, yeah, if you're like a project person too, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and you're just like, okay, I want to tend to this thing. So it's like, it's like a combination of like being nurturing and like also enjoying a project and being patient and, you know, yeah. combining all those like characteristics into, um, you know, growing something or seeing something. Yeah. And yeah, it's, farming is so cool. Watching things grow is like, mind-blowing yeah. you can take like the smallest carrot seed and you can like barely see them and you just like put it in the ground and then you have like this delicious carrot and you can like <laughs> like you can like be I mean it sounds so like I feel like such an idiot every time I say it but it's like you feed people from like putting this tiny seed in the ground and then like you're giving people this thing that they actually like people need food like that is a yeah. basic human need and yeah. like I don't, I just think it's so easy. Like, I think farming is very easy. Yeah. You take the seed, you put it in the ground, you water it, you make sure it has like what it needs. Yeah. And then you like pull up your result and you give it to a person so that they can live. Like that is mind blowing. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. And I think that everyone should have access to that. You know, I think that there's a certain part of um, CSAs and farmers markets that scream privilege you know mm. it's you know I don't know if it's welcoming to everyone or if everyone has access to it or you know and I just think that that is so unfair yeah. you know because like I just said everyone needs food to survive yeah. and everyone needs nutrient-dense food not you know the food that our you know the system has told us like, oh, you, you can afford this. This is not gonna give you any nutrients or anything, yeah. but this is what you get because this is the cards that you've been dealt. Yeah. Um, and I just think that is so unfair um, because everyone should have access to the good stuff. Yeah. You know, food is everything. Food is how we, you know, celebrate with each other. Food is how we comfort ourselves. Food is how we tell people we love them. Yeah. Um, and, and for that to only be available to a certain demographic yeah. is, 
it's really, really screwed up. It's yeah. a really screwed up system. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's why we're here though, to yeah. put these seeds in the ground and then, you know, allow access to anyone that wants it. Yeah. So you guys have field trips here, I think, right? Yeah, you have kids yeah, come yeah, yeah. Here. And that's gotta be really fun to, not every kid's gonna be like, I'm gonna farm or do a garden or anything, but like, I'm sure for a few kids, like, oh, like a light bulb goes off. Like, yeah, man, look at this. Like, I hope so, yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't do, um, I don't do the field trips. I, yeah. I no, yeah. I'm very, I like, I like kids, but I don't know how to teach them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh, good, what do I do with you? Yeah. Um, so our assistant farm manager, Laura, um, she facilitates those and she's amazing and great. And um, it, it is really fun to watch them because most of um, the field trips end with planting your own little pot of something yeah. or, or some sort of a seed project. Um, and they get really excited about that. And, um, you know, having like a scavenger hunt, like yeah. find something orange or, you know, um, and they get really excited about it. And, oh my goodness, like watching them harvest something, like anytime they can like pull a carrot, yeah. they're like, what is this magic? Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Um, we just uh, had a education center built just behind this greenhouse, yeah. um, which is really exciting. It's a, you know, open on all sides, um, falling acorn timber frames did it. So it's really beautiful. Um, local wood that you know they they found and um, it's beautiful and so we'll be able to have like very large groups come out and we can teach them okay. um, instead of you know shoving everyone into a greenhouse and yeah, yeah. Huh. okay this is maybe a weird question but do you do you think of you guys as having competition mm. not no I mean I think this goes back to access and education yeah. and I think there's room for everyone, you know, yeah. our CSA, um, there, it, there's certain things that we either can't grow or I just won't grow in the yeah. greenhouse like squash, um, that takes up too much room for us. Right. And, um, but other farms do and yeah. our CSA members want it. So we'll, you know, purchase that from them so that it's in our CSA. So, you know, I am a very competitive person, right. but I don't, I try not to like view other people that are doing good in the world is competitive, you know? Right. I mean, no one's gonna get anything accomplished that way. Yeah. Um, no, no, I think, there's, I think there's room for everyone to grow food and to help the community. And um, I think partnership is way better than yeah. thinking of someone as a competitor. Yeah. I didn't think you guys would, but I just was curious, because I know on some level you have to think about this as a business to try and make yeah. a part of it to make CSA work and everything, like make all that. I was just curious. Yeah. Because yeah. I would think you, if you are competing, on one level you're competing with other people that sell produce, right? Right, right. Are we, is our price point good? Is our, what we offer yeah. as good? As we, and then you're also competing for donation dollars. So yeah. on that level you might be competing with like Rush or Miriam's House or somebody else, which I know you don't want to compete. You're you, totally, you love totally, those totally, totally. I mean, yes. But like you are kind of. No, for sure. Especially like with grants and, you know, from local foundations, right? right? It's, you know, certain organizations will probably get more money than we will for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and donors too, you know, it's like. Oh, I love Lynchburg Grows, but I also love the Academy, and you know I'm going to give the Academy more money than I'm going to give Lynchburg Grows, and um, I mean obviously we we want to do well, yeah. <laughs> you know we want 
um, donors to and foundations um, and uh, you know places to give us money so that we can continue to fulfill our mission. Yeah. Um, but you know, I am confident that we do really good work, yeah. and um, you know, we don't take any donation lightly. Um, sure. You know, it's not like well, we only got this much, you yeah. know, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, like you care about what we're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, I hope that whoever, you know, donates trust us with their money and continues to trust us over the years and give us more, um, because they believe in the work that we're doing. And, um, yeah, I, I think there's room for all of us here. And yeah. I think that Lynchburg is a very generous community and they're so kind. And, yeah. um, there's so many people here that want to see it, you know, become a better, community and they're willing to you know give their dollars and time for that so yeah i think there's room i think so yeah. too um so why lynchburg like you're from north carolina you've been to new york like what keeps you in lynchburg um i i just love lynchburg i yeah. love the people here um i love that it's close to the mountains i love the size of lynchburg yeah. you know it's bigger than the town where i grew up um but it's not like a major like metropolitan city where yeah. I feel like I can't make a difference um, you know I like knowing what's going on I like reading the paper every morning and yeah. you know maybe seeing someone I know or learning something about the community that I didn't know um, you know in a way that's helpful or in a way that um, you know makes me think how I can be involved and how I can make the community better and I just love it I think it's beautiful I think it's um, I just, I don't, I just love so many things about Lynchburg. Yeah. Mainly the people. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone that's been uh, maybe like really special to you or made a big difference here in Lynchburg that maybe doesn't know it like to the full extent? Like you're like, man, that person has really been special to like my journey here in Lynchburg, but maybe they don't know it. Oh my God. There's so many people. Yeah. There's so many people. I mean, as far as like Lynchburg crows goes. Or anything. Um, Oh my gosh or anything <laughs> everyone right like everyone like helps us in our our journey of being better or learning something about ourselves so I think it would be unfair <laughs> to like point out I mean obviously there are people that teach us more and are more important in our lives but um, yeah. as far as Lynchburg grows goes I'll okay. just stick to that sure, <laughs> sure. Um, you know like I was saying earlier Bip or Roger Falber mm -hmm. has just been an amazing mentor to me and you know, when I was considering if I could even, if I even had the skills to, you know, be the executive director, I was very concerned. And, you know, just having him to to help me um, mm -hmm. make that decision. And, you know, he helped me, you know, when I was had questions about doing the first budget, I was like, I've never done a budget before. Oh my <laughs> gosh, like, yeah. what does this mean? Or, you know, even just growing things in the greenhouse, I'd never, um, you know, grown in a greenhouse before, and he helped me with that. But, you know, I mean, those things are obvious, but he has, I think most people probably know, like, how involved he's been in the community throughout his life. Um, and seeing the way that he loves the community, seeing mm -hmm. his involvement, the way that he wants it to be better, the way that he cares about it, was really um, inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. I had never... Um, felt that way about anywhere that I lived yeah. you know it was more of a um, more of a selfish sort of like well I live here what does this city have to offer right. me and you know watching him care so deeply 
about the community was really inspiring to me and, you know, really changed my outlook yeah. um, a lot, you know, as far as what can I do, what can I give back and how can I do that? Um, and, you know, Kim Payne, who is on our board, yeah. um, he was our president for a while, you know, very similar. Um, you know, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> I still am learning, obviously. Um, but he was, you know, so helpful and, you know, just being kind and generous, um, generous with his, you know, the things that he had learned and just, you know, yeah. giving me um, advice and making me feel like I wasn't doing a terrible job. And um, he he was very, very helpful in my, you know, journey through um, being a farm manager to the executive director. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of, like, Sarah Corintoto from Miriam's house. Yeah. Like, you know, I would, you know, I would ask her all the questions and um, she's always super helpful and so positive and such a good cheerleader. And, you know, she she's helped me a ton throughout yeah. the years. Um, just like, oh my gosh, what should my, what should our, you know, thank you letter look like? I, I have no idea, sure. you know, when someone makes a donation, what, what do I need to do? Um, because I was very, very green coming into yeah. this. And she helped a ton, um, you know, without making me feel silly. You know, yeah. she was like, oh, here's what we do. Yeah. Um, and then also our um, development director um, or marketing director, um, Stuart Overby, she, um, she has such good ideas and we work so well together and you know, I would, I would be really, really lost without her. Um, she cares about the community and is always thinking about how, you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier, how we can really serve um, an underserved population. Yeah. And that's always on her mind. And it's really inspiring to, you know, yeah. um, work with someone that cares so deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you're seeing in Lynchburg? So stepping back from Lynchburg Groves, uh -huh. just you've been here back for five or six years, I'm guessing? Six, yeah. seven, six or seven. Yeah. What, is there anything you're seeing in Lynchburg that makes you hopeful or excited for the future? That's such you a good question. I think like getting involved with, you know, a lot of my friends care about the community so deeply yeah. um, and are doing their own, you know, unique thing to make it better. Yeah. Um, and they're people my age. And that's really, I think that's inspiring and gives me hope that, you know, millennials aren't just like this throwaway generation, right. you know, that only cares about themselves. Um, you know, you have like, Bo Wright, who's on city council, yeah. and like, yeah, he may be a white man, but like, he's young, you yeah. know? And so I think that that maybe um, allows someone younger to say, hey, this is a possibility for me too. Um, and then you have, you know, Ashley with DLA and Jeff yeah. with, you know, all these people that are running these nonprofits that are, you know, my age or around my age. and. I think that's really inspiring to see that people have stepped up and say, hey, I care about this and I care about my community and this is the way that I can I can help. Yeah. Um, and even if they're not like running a, a nonprofit, I mean, you have Victoria who is, you know, really into historic homes and, you know, wants to sell them and wants to get people in Lynchburg yeah. to buy these beautiful homes. And that's really cool. And, you know, you have... Um, 
And then you have other people that like maybe aren't doing those things, um, but they really care and they want to be involved. And you know they're serving on boards or you know they're helping um, you know on events committees or you know I, I think that there's a lot of um, desire to be involved in the community. Yeah. No, I think that I found that too, right? Like, so you have one hand, you have like the models and the people that are sort of, you're like, oh, I didn't know you could show up like that in the community. And yeah. you mentioned like Kim and Bip. Yeah. And then at the same time, you have peers. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, like you're doing this too. Like we're all kind of like, feels like you're kind of all pushing in the same direction. Yeah. And it, it makes it fun. It does. And like in a different way too, right? So like, you know, I don't think the millennials are going to show up the same way as sure, that right. generation, you yeah. know, especially uh, monetary, you know, financially. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> we'll see. I doubt it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's fun to see how people are showing up in their own unique ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I am always amazed. So I'm in real estate. That's what I do for a living. Oh, you may cool. not know that. I don't tell I, I don't know about I didn't know that. So I, I do commercial real estate, and one of the things I love about it is it's endlessly fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just full of people and stories and history. And I feel the same way about gardening. Like, there's you're never going to be like, I'm done. I know it all. Right, like, There's right, always right. some new level. Yeah. You're like, oh, and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Um, and, like, two days ago, my wife took us, uh, me and two kids outside and it was been cold all day but the sun came out and it had been raining and she's like I just want you guys to like look at the sun close your eyes and listen to what you hear we're like yeah this is super weird <laughs> I'm really doing this and this isn't like something she ever does and we were sitting there and you could hear the birds chirping but then you could hear this other sound and she's like that's the sound of the soil breathing and that's like, so cool oh my gosh and I'd never heard it before yeah but like I don't know if you experienced like you can hear yeah. it breathing and I'm like I've been alive for 36 years I and I didn't I couldn't hear the soil <laughs> breathing like what else have I been missing yeah and it was this really like light bulb moment I'm like there's so much stuff that I try to be a good noticer but I'm still missing I'm not noticing I need someone to like point it out to me is there anything that you've noticed or like doesn't have to be the soil breathing, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it was like oh like and I just imagine being here there's stuff you see or some new idea or new thing you hadn't noticed before that's such a good question. I love that. Um, I really was blown away by the soil. I yeah, was like, yeah. This is nuts. It was something that's very similar to that is um, when it snows and it's this quiet in here, and the snow is falling on the glass, and it's almost painful how quiet it is yeah. because the snow, you know, you can hear it touching, and then you can hear the way that it, you know. It's just insulating everything. So every, all the noises that are in here, all the silent noises, which like silent noises is not a thing, but it feels like a thing because it's so loud, yeah. you know? And it feels, it does feel like you can like just hear the plants moving and, you know, hear them. I don't know. It's the, it's almost a spiritual experience in a way. Um, just being in such, such a silent, yet loud place and yeah. I think that that comes from from the plants um I think like nothing to to what you're saying 
where I was like, oh my gosh. But I, when I started working here, I started noticing smells more often. Mm, um, yeah. Just like walking around the farm, like, oh, that kind of smells like, you know, I'm getting a whiff of jasmine. Is there jasmine around here? Or is there, you know, what is that smell? Where is that coming from? Um, and I think that's because I live here and, you know, I've never had a job where I'm walking around a property. Yeah you know, six years in a row, right? Yeah. So you just start to notice like, oh yeah, that, that smells like June, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I mean, that is, that is it though. You're, you're here and you're able to notice on a deeper level, like the sound of the plants. Right, right. right and they right. do have a sound yeah. and they do move. And yeah. They got, I was doing some videos and they're of time lapse of plants and they're like they're moving all day. Oh my gosh! Yeah, have you seen the ones where like um, it's just like um, it, like a vine yeah. and the time lapse it like it's searching. <laughs> yeah, like they're searching for something to grab onto yeah. and they'll like touch something and it's like nah, I don't like you and they'll yeah. turn the other way. It's wild. I have I have a plant in my office um, that's a vining plant and it will wrap around this other night blooming cereus yeah. plant and then I'll unwrap it and yeah. a few days later it's back and it's so cool. Yeah. Like you're surrounded by so much life. Like yeah. even if like from an, if you just took a picture it would seem like it's static. Like yeah. it's just things. But there's so much life here and that you're able to notice it. The sound and the smells and. You know yeah and like I feel like the plants are just flirting with each other you know. And they could be. I, I think that I feel like they are you know yeah. they're just like oh who can I grab onto? Who can I like you know rub my leaves against you know <laughs> That's funny. Um, do you I, I know you said you're not a, a, a church person but you mentioned that it's almost spiritual I, I, I talked with Chubb Barber about Timber Chill and he did feel like to him the tending of that garden was almost like a spiritual practice in some way to him yeah like everyone experiences a, do you feel that Yeah, and I don't really, um, you know, I've never spent a lot of time thinking about spirituality, yeah. you know, just in like, what does it actually mean and how does it differ from religion? And, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I think like, for me, if I made up my own definition of spirituality, sure. which is what I'm about to do, Please. Um, just feeling this connectedness to something that is not me, you know, yeah. um, you know, like we've been talking about, like seeing life, seeing change, seeing, um, you know, regeneration of things, you know, I'm going to pull out these cabbage and then we're going to put them in the compost and then they're going to turn into compost. And then I'm going to put that back into the bed. Yeah. Like that just feels um, so big. Mm. And it just kind of makes me realize like, hey, I'm just one tiny part of this yeah. and I love being that tiny part yeah it's really nice like this is the role I play and no one else can play that role yeah no I think that's the biggest takeaway I take from our garden is that all the pieces matter and it's all connected yeah like there's no this alone like they're all yeah connected and it's cool yeah um, even if I throw it down the hill for composting, it's still connected. It's still part of this. Yeah, uh, and it takes you and your wife and your kids and the plants and the soil and the worms and the birds and it takes yeah. this entire system yeah. 
to create this whole beautiful thing that we experience and we don't really, I, most of the time, I feel like we don't appreciate it as yeah. that. You know, it's like, oh, there's something growing. Or yeah. it's like all the things that had to go into making this really beautiful thing grow that I can stand here and look at. Yeah. Um, that's that's spiritual. Yeah. And I think sometimes, like, even I try to, like, uh, construct or lead you towards this origin story of like when I was a kid I fell in love with gardening like yeah, we all yeah. want to hear that from a story perspective but it seems like more often people may get exposure to gardening when they're a kid but it takes like growing up a little bit and seeing that all the things you thought would be really fun and exciting just weren't yeah and then this one thing that feels super basic just dirt and soil is actually like you go back to it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, you know it's really interesting that you say that because something that I have found and I find it endlessly fascinating is people, especially when I'm giving tours, um, if I'm giving like a tour of just a small, to a small group, people always talk about their experience with gardening. There's something like deeply nostalgic and like comforting about, about it. Like, you know, oh, my grandma used to farm or, oh, we used to have this or, oh, I remember when I was little, I would go in the yard with my mom and we would, you know, everyone has a story and everyone has this like weird sort of yearn, not weird, but just like, it's almost like primal, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, I, I felt that before and I'm here in this space again. And oh my gosh, like, what is this coming up? And like, I need to do this, you know, yeah. it's like a, like a moth to a flame, like, you know, people get in this environment and they just want to talk about it or touch the soil or, you know, yeah. it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. And you never know which item it's going to spark for somebody. Yeah. Like which flower or which vegetable and which smell it's just going to spark. And then it's like you're watching somebody in a time machine. Yeah, totally. Right? That's such you a know. great way of saying it. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. And that's one of like the intangibles right now. Like right. you could measure Lynchburg grows with pounds totally. of yeah. produce. But that feels like sort of an immeasurable. Yeah. Um, and it's like a really beautiful experience and you know, I, I feel very lucky to, to see that. Yeah. Um, it's you know, when people talk about their childhood or whatever, it's to be a part of this thing where like someone trusts the space that they're in trust saying this out loud to me like it makes me feel very like oh my gosh thank you thank you for like showing me this part of your your life that um you know maybe a lot of people don't know about and yeah it's nice that lynchburg grows this space can hold space for people to, to experience that and i love that big thank you to shelly blades for sharing her story and the story of lynchburg grows I just love how their organization has taken this old rose farm in the middle of our city and created this place that's just bursting with life. If you've never been, you've got to check it out sometime because it's this really special place in our city. Thanks for listening. See you next time.